Well, awesome. I, I appreciate you guys for jumping on today. Our special guest today is Tara with Design TLC. She's going to introduce herself and a little bit of her backstory. Before we get started, we just want to remind everybody that's watching this that the purpose of the Open We Stand movement is to help build and collaborate and communicate positive stories and journeys for small business and entrepreneurs. You know, it's really the community that can elevate and uplift each other. So these little snippets and these insights into your world are incredibly powerful and impactful. So thank you, Tara, for joining us. Um, I'd love to have Rachel and Jonathan introduce themselves before we get started, and then we can go from there. So Rachel, do you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel McCool. Um, really appreciate Adam for, for leading these great conversations. Um, super excited to see Tara. I know Tara pretty well. Um, and I work for GoDaddy, uh, been at GoDaddy for uh, five years now, and I run the online community and other community programs. And uh, my name is Jonathan, and I work on the brand social media team uh, as, a, as, a, as a manager. And I do everything from uh, daily engagements to triaging support questions to building response guides and engagement strategies. And as uh, you know, as COVID hit, and we sort of we we brought on a new a VP into our uh, into the brand social team. He he did a lot to help bring social and community together. So I've been working with Rachel a lot this year, and it's been fabulous. I'm so I'm so <laughs> I'm so happy to be doing this. I know. Really, it's very it's very cool to think about. Um, how far this has come, and we're so grateful to have you um, on this call with us today. Wonderful. Jesse, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself before we uh, get to our guest of honor? Uh, sure, yeah. I'm Jesse Wilson. I am a community manager at GoDaddy also. Uh, I work with Rachel all the time, so I'm super fortunate for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to hearing what Tara has to say. That's awesome. Rachel, Jonathan, Jesse, I, I appreciate your support. We appreciate the support of the community and uh, just the opportunity to share this. So without further ado, Tara, would you go ahead and just give us a little bit of background into, into your world? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me. I love uh, being part of the GoDaddy community and, and um, connecting with people both from GoDaddy and the community that has been built there. So thanks for having me and asking me to come and chat with you guys. Um, my name is Tara Clays and I have a web agency called Design TLC that I started uh, in 2010 officially. But um, my background is in marketing and advertising, which I did out of college in the very early 90s before computers were really a thing. And we used to have pagers and little uh, handwritten memo um, and calendar booklets, whatever they were called. Uh, and then I had my first child in 1997 and decided to stay home with him uh, and start a little craft hobby business. I am an artist and so used to do these little prints and that turned into a stationary business over time. So I kind of became one of these accidental entrepreneurs uh, and just over time, kind of as word of mouth grew, my business grew and then I needed a website when the internet started to take off. So had someone help me build a website and uh, using Microsoft front page. Um, and then had a couple of stationary clients ask me to build them websites. So I had built a few websites and was doing thousands of Christmas cards by hand, sort of cutting and, and printing in my home office and decided when tiny prints was taking off that I wasn't 
really that into it anymore. So got rid of the paper and just went full force into web and graphic design, which I've been doing now for 10 years. Um, for anybody that asked me to pretty much, um, anybody that came my way. So I've built a wide variety of websites and I started using WordPress in 2010 uh, and um, discovered the WordPress community a few years later. So um, I've become very involved in the WordPress community. I've gone to WordCamps. As soon as I found out what WordCamps were and went to one near my home, which is, um, I live outside of Washington, DC and I went to a WordCamp in Baltimore. Um, like many people, I really was attracted to the community that's around WordPress and the ease and the accessibility of this type of conference, which opens everyone's eyes to what the possibilities of WordPress are at a very affordable price. For somebody who is an entrepreneur, works for themselves, we don't have a travel budget. <laughs> so, um, and yet, and we don't travel. So um, to have the opportunity to travel to a conference for a few hundred dollars, you know, including airfare and hotel and the conference ticket is, it can be really um, life-changing in terms of being a business owner. So I've learned so much from, from WordCamps and the people that I've met through them, uh, including the folks at GoDaddy. Uh, so, um, so that's where I am. I started specializing my agency in the last year in small schools uh, and enrichment programs and nonprofits, specifically education related nonprofits, which many are. Um, because I had built several websites for that, those types of organizations and I really enjoyed building them. I enjoyed the relationships with the clients and having a mission behind what I'm doing. Um, I've, I've enjoyed working with all of my clients or almost all of them over the years, but I find when, uh, when I feel passionate and interested in what the website's about, um, it's, I do a better job, quite frankly. Uh, and, and I feel really good about that. And so the relationship that I build with the client was also, um, I think is enhanced by that enthusiasm as well. So that's, that's the start to finish long version of the story. <laughs> Here in a nutshell. Now, I, I love it. I mean, I appreciate first you giving us a background into how you got where you're at. Um, I'll be honest, as a failed artist, finding somebody who's an accidental entrepreneur because of your art skill. <laughs> Some of us, you know, I, I tried to become a country artist early in my career and it, it, it plummeted and it was just terrible. It was a terrible decision. Yeah. So hey, we have to hear what that means. Yeah. Country. Yeah. How do you mean yeah. by country? <laughs> yes. My brother and I actually released a full album, country music that we wrote and recorded ourselves. Oh, wow. Then when it came time to start you know, like actually pushing to do it live, we weren't as good as we thought in sync together. <laughs> and uh, the pressure got to him and here I am, you know, not a country star. So, you know, it's, it's funny how life has those weird pivots and it's, it's okay because I enjoyed that. I just don't know that I would want the pressure to have it as a job. So to yeah. me, it's like, I sing with my kids all the time. That's why Eli sings all the time in the background. Um, and we, well, we talked about that on the last episode, but it's funny how when you do things like that, life transitions and it's okay. And in your case, your art skills led into an accidental entrepreneurship and in, in a journey into owning your life. Mm -hmm. And it allowed you to find that, you know, WordCamps, the community that really kind of opened up your eyes and your passion and the availability to grow and, and kind of exchange ideas and, and find your passion. 
I just love that. So I'm not saying that I'm jealous of you because of that, but I am. Um, the other thing yeah. is, I love that you've taken, you've taken a, a pivot this year where most people are trying to hold on to what they've had in the past. You know, 2020 has been this year of wanting to have this, this consistency, this, like, this control over everything because the carpet was swept out from under us in March, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you did the opposite. You took the time to decide to pivot to something that really was passionate for you. Yeah. Creating your own community of empowerment and enlightenment and working with, you know, images of happy kids and nonprofit centers and things that you're actually passionate about. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how did that feel in 2020 making that transition? Yeah, it feels good. I started it about a year ago. So maybe a little bit more than that. Um, I went to a conference um, put on by Jennifer Bourne uh, called Content Camp, where you kind of work on content strategy and different content um, messaging and, and marketing. And I wasn't sure if I was attending on my own behalf or attending on behalf of clients to learn how to better serve them. Um, and I had been sort of mulling over this school focused idea and I had um, started reworking my website and thinking about what that would mean um, and had been fighting against this niche idea because I thought, well, I like the variety and I don't want to have to say no to people and that type of thing. And um, the more I thought about it, the more liberating it was to think about being a specialist in one particular area. So, so I really kind of just launched this. I didn't do it um, as a temporary thing or as a side thing. I just completely converted my whole entire website, my whole process to this is this is who I serve. This is what we specialize in. This is what we're good at. And then really enmeshing myself in that community. So the big flip and what's, what's challenging, interesting um, is having spent the past seven or eight years really immersed in the WordPress community and making a name for myself there, such as it is, speaking at WordCamps, developing relationships um, within WordPress, that's been really great to help me learn more about how to run my business well, how to do a better job with websites, use the tools, solve problems. I love all of that, but it's not necessarily what has helped my business grow. So my business has grown from word of mouth, from local mostly clients and friends and colleagues. So um, that relationship, that community of WordPress isn't what's going to help me grow this niche. What I have to do is enmesh myself in another community, which is small school, independent school community, um, and maybe the nonprofit community, which is much more broad. But so so spending the past you know year or so figuring out what that means and sponsoring a independent school marketing association, getting on some podcasts, building relationships with other people who serve the same community to get my name out as someone who does this. So that's been a learning process. And it's a little bit of a grieving process anyway, because it means that I don't have the same level of relationship with WordPress people, because I have to, you only have so much time. Um, And I really like the WordPress community. um, And that's where my heart is. So having to kind of spread myself a little bit then in order to get to know this other community has, has been a learning experience and a challenge that it's evolving, I would say. So that's been 
a key part of the process. And I would say to anybody who's considering a niche, and there's a lot of talk about this in our community, um, you know, people think, well, what niche could, what, what should my specialization be? And they kind of blue sky, what do I like? Or what's it, where's there an opportunity? Dentists or real estate agents or construction companies or those types of things. Um, when you make that choice, you, you are making a commitment to be enmeshed in that community as well, because you have to understand what their challenges are and what their needs are and who their thought leaders are, who their influencers are. You really have to become part of that community, even though you're not a construction company or a real estate company, you are serving them. So I think a lot of people um, in our industry think that they need to choose a niche, but they don't think about it that way. And that's a really key part of that process. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> you did. That's, I think that's so valuable. If you're going to jump into a community with intention, like what you've done, you have to align with the direction that they're headed, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, if you decide that you want to go and work with the specific community because it's going to pay the bills, there's nothing wrong with that, but you're probably not going to find the passion that's going to help your life feel fulfilled. And it's probably not going to lead to a great amount of success in that community because people can tell when you're, when you're not genuine. Right. So you're, you're exactly right. When you join a community, it's gotta be, it's gotta be and it's imperative that you align with their thoughts, their values and your passion. And if all those meet, you find success. And I think that that's a great thing that you've done in 2020 because, you know, yeah, you might've started the journey last year, but at the beginning of the year, it would have been so easy to pump the brakes, go back to what you were doing because it was safe, but it wasn't what you were passionate about. Right. And the world right now is just so overwhelming. And so there's so many options, but there's so much negativity and pessimism. And then there's also options to maybe find some positivity. If, if somebody's got traction in this lane, oh, let me jump in that lane. We might get a little squirrely, but what you're doing is staying focused and staying focused on what makes you excited and happy and passionate. And I think your community is probably feeling that. And they're probably helping elevate you and get you through that grooming process of maybe having to leave those other clients behind. I mean, it's, I might be reaching my- That's very nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's true. I mean, it's, I think it's a slow process too. It's not something just because I say that I'm good at this and I'm passionate about it doesn't mean that schools are knocking on my door and lining up to hire me. There are very well-established companies that are already in this market as well. And so standing out from them and trying to figure out what makes me different, what, what can I offer is also part of that learning process. Finding out you know, what platforms are people using to build their school websites? Who is my ideal target? You know, schools will spend $50,000 on, you know, on a custom website and then several thousand dollars a month going forward to do marketing and that type of thing. There are a lot of big private schools that have the budget to do that. That's obviously not my target. I'm a small agency. Um, our websites are very affordable. We are serving the parochial schools, the preschools, the Montessori schools, you know, the after-school cooking program for kids, that type of stuff. That's, that's our sweet spot. And we, there are certain tools that you learn that all of these different, that all of these organizations need. They all need an event booking system, right? So we know what the different plugins are that can provide that. Um, they need, uh, you know, registration, RSVP, that type of thing for open houses. So 
there are commonalities, which is another benefit of serving one's one niche is that there's a commonality there and what their what their needs are. Yeah, no, I, I love it. You get your stride. And once you understand a commonality, you can focus on the passion, which is actually getting them to elevate their own journeys and, and push forward. And I have to stop and appreciate you and acknowledge you for what you do, because this year, what you're doing is so much more impactful than anything else out there right now. As a parent, I'm going through online communities and online stores and online learning, and it is just overwhelming. And I yeah. could imagine being the person that's running those facilities and those schools and listening to all the parents calling in with their thoughts and their perspectives and their feedback, and then having to, to pivot and deal with that or figure out what's best for me. So what you're bringing to the table is so much more impactful than you know. So I just, I want to appreciate you for that. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I mean, I think that can be true. I also think that I have really pulled back on any marketing efforts that I intended to do because I think it's a hard time to go to a school and say, I know you have a website and it's okay, but it could be a lot better if you hired me to redo it, you know, spend $10,000 on a new website. They are just trying to keep, they're trying to figure out if they can open the next day in person, you know, how they're going to get their PPE, what, you know, they're getting called by parents. Private schools are getting inundated with inquiries because there are all these school systems that are closed and, and people want to put their kids in a, in school in person. So, I understand as you know, being connected with this community that redesigning a website is not their top priority. And so I am not, I wanna offer what I can in terms of advice and consultation without being insensitive to what their priorities are right now. So I think being an ally to them during this process and helping them figure out any any minor things that can be done without trying to go on a full cell is, is really important. Yeah. I actually have a quick question about, about that. I, I could, I couldn't help but because it makes perfect sense. Like it makes perfect sense that these schools have higher priorities. My mom's a teacher at a, at a private school right now. And like the things, the things that she'll tell me that they're dealing with is like, you're already a teacher. Like you're already, you know, you're already a teacher, your hands are already full. But on the flip side of that, you have to have a really functional website. You have to have a user-friendly website. It's, or at least that's what I think is expected by a lot of these people, especially if they're going, you know, if I'm paying private school tuition and I look at your website and I, it's not loading or it's not, you know, it's not user-friendly, that's, I'm already going to think that this is the experience my child's going to have. So what I'm curious and I'm sure like, no matter what you do, whatever they hire you for, you're always a consultant in, in, in a many ways. Have you found that during this period in particular, you've had to do more consulting or you've had to do a lot more education with, uh, with your clients or with these potential clients around like, even just the value of having this, you know, an, a, an updated web presence or, or you know, what this current climate means to be, or what, what it means to have a digital presence in this current climate. I, I'm very curious to, to, to hear about how that's affected you. Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think for me, I've seen that with my existing clients. So helping them, consulting with them and pivoting with them on how to offer their open house tours online um, how to create a process where it's easy for people to learn more about their school without coming in, in, in person. 
I've been after school enrichment program, summer camp program that we built a whole online learning management system. And now we're marketing that across the country rather than just locally. So looking for opportunities as well. As far as new, new clients, new prospects, I, you know, I can understand that anybody who's running a school right now, especially my target, which is usually a very small school. So they don't necessarily have a full on marketing staff or person that, you know, they, they have are wearing a lot of hats in that situation. They are not in a position right now to be going out and searching for a web design company to redo their site. They're working with whoever's doing their site right now. And if it's in WordPress, which a lot of these schools are, then there's an opportunity to, you know, to offer advice and assistance, to offer some SEO suggestions, those types of things within the communities that I've engaged with. Um, but I think that it's, they are not, their bandwidth is very limited. So unless their website is completely not working at all, they're going to continue to try to put band-aids on it to make it work right now until they can get their head above water. It's a big undertaking for a small school to redo a website because they don't have a staff to do writing and they don't have a budget to hire a writer. So they have a lot of content to develop and that type of thing. And, and they probably have somebody on their staff who's, who's doing it a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and a professional website isn't something that they um, necessarily have considered. So those are those are the the um, those are the opportunities, but they're also the challenge in trying to help them understand that the investment could pay off. Totally. You know, one enrollment, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that's it is. That's just what I keep thinking is like it's the long run, the big picture. This is still so important, but mm -hmm. it is. It's such a crazy time where you have to prioritize yeah. so many so many things that are totally vital to the survival of their schools, their businesses, whatever they are. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's as I said, it is not a it's not a quick process. And so we're taking this time to write blog articles um, that are relevant for these times and for schools in general and just engage in the communities on in social media communities and other communities that we've that we've joined uh, in the past year. So um, and, you know, I think another way that that's that niche agencies break into their field is by going to conferences and speaking and getting in front of people and you know making themselves the expert and that's unfortunately not something that we can do right now so trying to find other avenues to connect with people i've done a couple of webinars with some other school marketing people that type of thing but you know it is it's a slow process you have to be patient and i have a you know a large number of maintenance clients so we have some you know we have ongoing revenue which helps us not feel the pressure to have to bring on new clients every single month at this point in time so we'll see what happens next year but i think next year uh in 2021 early 2021 i think that will be the time to start schools thinking about over the summer redoing what we've learned now right yeah. and hopefully they will be offering um in-person school in the fall of 2021 is the hope so building up for that is I think the messaging that we're looking for in the next couple of months. You know, we've had so much with, with COVID and the election, you know, there's to break through that noise. It just, it, again, it, for me personally, it feels insensitive to go out and try to say on top of all of this, you know, you really should redo yeah. your website. That's, it's, I'm not comfortable with it. And if you're not comfortable 
with a, you know, with a selling message, you're not going to sell anything. So I think that's really important to recognize also is that it's hard enough to market yourself, but if you're really uncomfortable in the current climate to do that, then, um, don't even try because it's it's not it's not going to work. It's not. That's so work. yeah, that's so interesting. That idea of just being of being very sensitive to understanding that it's like my business goals are obviously to try it, you know, or or you know, top level is to try and get more clients or get more business or whatever it is, but to recognize that in pursuing that right now, you could ultimately be doing more damage to your reputation or or to you know to. Uh, these people that you've already established a relationship with because you are sitting, you would be going, hey, I know the world is falling apart, but here's another problem you haven't thought about. <laughs> it is, it is. You're, you make such a good point that you want to be a partner and you don't want to be someone that, you know, you want to help them solve an issue that they've recognized. You don't want to be the one to be like, oh, by the way, I saw these holes in your, yeah, okay. Right. That's very, yeah. very, very thoughtful. Very yeah. Good. And I, I mean, I'm in a unique position too. And when I spoke to Adam a few weeks ago, you know, I am not your typical uh, small agency in some ways. I am in my fifties. My kids are grown and gone. I don't have college tuition to pay any longer. My husband has a full-time job with benefits. So I'm very privileged. I don't have a revenue goal to keep the lights on and keep food on the table. Um, and I'm also not um, at an age where I want to see uh, exponential growth in my business and to have a staff that I have am responsible for and you know to hang a sign up on the outside of a building that's not in my it's just not in my plans so for me you know what it means now is that I have the opportunity to be selective and to be patient and that's kind of what I'm trying to do Kara, I have so many thoughts about all of what you <laughs> shared um, first of all like, I love too that you're doing something that you're passionate about. Um, you know, lots of, and we've talked about this in some of our other meetups of so many people don't do that and they just go through life on just again, like kind of rote thinking um, and working on something that you love is, is so helpful in just making sure your life is fulfilled. So that's first and foremost. The other thing, as you're talking, I was thinking about, um, that don't undersell yourself too, because one of, one of the things sometimes with consultancies is that, especially in the, the market that you're, that you're working in, is that people can unconsciously take advantage of your advice without ever paying you for it. And yeah. there's, a, there's a, a line in the sand that you have to draw on that. And, you know, understanding like what you just shared about, you know, not having a particular revenue goal or, you know, not feeling like the pressure of having to bring in additional income, but there also is kind of from a, a personal um, standpoint of making sure that people value you oh, for, for what, sure. for what yeah. you're saying and doing. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that you're going to get a rush in 2021 <laughs> of a bunch of people that are going to be like, oh, I re remember I talked to Tara and she, she had said like, you know, when you when you have come around, like these are the things that you should right. think about. Um, so you yeah, should... we'll circle back and see if that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I I have a I have a uh, a very decent sized ego. So I will say, you know, when I say that um, that the revenue goals, I don't have those standing looming ahead of me. But but for sure, I want to be successful, and mm -hmm. what that means for me is is growth in terms of the evolution of 
what I'm doing and um, what I'm learning and what I'm offering. And that means, you know, if I, if I were to go a whole year and not get a new client, um, that would bum me out. I would, you know, that would bum me out. So, yeah. So of course I put pressure on myself in other ways, whether it's revenue or not that um, to, to uh, be successful. We talk about the word success. I have a podcast, which um, Rachel knows about. She was just on it uh, called Hallway Chats. And I co-host that with Liam Dempsey. And he's um, someone that I met through WordPress, through the community. And um, we talk to sort of, we say like everyday WordPress users. So not the not the thought leaders necessarily, or the people who are on all of the other WordPress podcasts. We kind of talk to people who aren't on a lot of podcasts and just give them the opportunity to share their story because it's fun to talk about yourself. And, uh, and we ask them all what success means to them. And it's really interesting to hear the variety of ways that people describe that, you know, what, what defines success for them and, and for everybody it's different. So, uh, you know, it's, I don't think there's been anybody who said that success is an income is a number, you know, on the bottom line. So that's something that we pay attention to. And I think as a society, we gauge success based on that dollar number, but six figures, five figures, 10 figures, you know, you can be successful at any number, I think. So, yeah. I am so glad you brought up your podcast. I was going to say something, but I was waiting to see that if you would bring that up. So really great that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's something kind of extra and different that we do. It's a community thing. We don't, it's not a, um, it's not a marketing thing. We're not, you know, there's no, um, we don't have sponsors or anything like that. We just do it just because we like to meet people. We've had so many interesting guests. I always like to say, like, I actually talked to a blind guy in Tasmania who makes websites, uh, who has a, a website for people with disabilities. And you think like, you're on the, a Zoom call with a, a person in Tasmania and you're thinking, how and that is this possible that I get to meet you? It's really fascinating. So we've had some great guests. Yeah, we're in our third year. That speaks so highly to the community. It does. Like I know, you know, I know that that's kind of the, the name of the game here, but just the fact that, and it's you know, even, even kind of tying this back into the conversation about what success looks like, like uh, you didn't launch this podcast to get a million followers. You didn't launch this podcast to get sponsors. You launched this podcast because you and Liam, Liam, was his name Liam? Liam. You and, you and Liam craved to know more people in this community and to help share the stories of the people, of these people with others who are in a very similar, similar situation where they just want to know more of these people. And just with I, what I do every day with talking to talking to either GoDaddy customers or people who just want to know more about websites or people who just literally will message us and say, how do I start a business? It is so, um, the, it, it, the value of that is, in, in, is incredible, is incredible. There's so much, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who like, you could try and sell me anything with any kind of hard ad, but the moment someone tells me a good story about the business, I'll buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm that kind of person where, I'll get a paid ad and I'll go, okay, I'm not going to buy from you because you're <laughs> listening to me and I don't like it. But then a, a friend will tell me a little joke or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm totally all in. And right. it does, I think it just, a podcast like that, the way it was created and the, 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 um, the type of people you talk to, I do, I think the, the value that that brings to your business and your mission for your business and what you do is, is phenomenal, is phenomenal. Yeah, it's fun. It's been a fun experience. 
for sure. I think that was so much, there was so much value right there. So I just, I have to say thank you, Jonathan and Rachel for your insights and your reflection back into Tara's you know, journey. Yeah. Uh, having, having the podcast and being part of that community, you said it's not marketing, but really it is because it's, it's relevance and proximity and people are going to appreciate you and respect you for that. Yeah. And really at the end of the day, the definition of luck is preparation meeting opportunity. So you're prepared to engage people in the right moments with the right context and the right passion. And if they come to you, you can be selective and you're going to find success. And I think that that is so valuable. And I really appreciate you for mentioning hallway chats because there are people who are listening to this and they want to find some, some viable means to differentiate themselves, to put themselves out there, to get that proximity. And they don't want to come across as arrogant or predatory. They want to come, out, come across as genuine. Right. What you've done is you've, you've built that environment. And I, you know, I appreciate you for that. And I think obviously Rachel and Jonathan and Jesse, and I mean, we've all seen that in your story today and in our interactions with you and being, you know, Rachel being a guest on your show, all that is fantastic. And it's very much appreciated. Thank you. That's so nice. You guys are making me feel good. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's the journey, right? That's why we're here. So I, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. I know we're kind of at the end of our time limit here. Um, is there any last minute questions that anybody has for Tara before we close this out? I just say more power to you. Love, you. love it. And, uh, you know, look forward to hearing more of your story in 2021. Thank totally you. Seconded. Thanks. I do too. <laughs> I just, I want to close out validating again, your journey. Everything you're doing is, is perpetuating a better world because you're helping young schools and small educational environments to thrive when, when they need you the most. So thank you for that. Sure. Thank you very much. You guys are making me feel good. Thanks. Fantastic. Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Bye. Have a good rest of the Bye. day, you guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.